Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Monday edition. I had, a, had to think what day it was of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me as always, Slim Cliffy. How was your weekend? Pretty good weekend. Um, finally in March, you know, we touched on this briefly last week, but or on Saturday maybe, but, you know, March is a pretty good month. I know the weather can be kind of up and down, but... Um, you know, NHL playoff races are really tight, um, particularly in the Eastern Conference, not so much in the West. Uh, you know, baseball starts here in a few weeks. NBA is getting into crunch time. Um, there's just a whole lot of sports going on this month. And it's a pretty good time to be a, a sports fan. Pretty good time to be a hockey fan, honestly. Um, you know, you and I have made fun of um, the, the, 
playoff format that the NHL uses and how that can kind of just drive the same teams toward each other year after year. But it's making for interesting playoff races in the Eastern Conference this season, at least. I mean, I think it's six teams within four points of each other for two playoff spots. So th- these next five weeks in the NHL are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And like last season, the playoffs were pretty much determined by Christmas, I think, or something like that. I don't even remember, but it was something pretty early. So nice to have some meaningful hockey. Tampa not giving a crap, it seems like. They had four shots on goal through two periods. Yesterday got blanked by the Hurricanes. They're just – they'll be fine. Uh, they're just kind of like working on some stuff, I guess. Like they had different lines. They're seeing what's viable. Whatever. Also, it was back to back on the road Sunday afternoon. Hard to get up yeah, for that I, type of game. I, I'm not. I'm not that worried about Tampa. Like Los Angeles. Los Angeles used to do this like ten years ago. I think when the year Los Angeles won their second Stanley Cup, there's like a 25 game stretch after Christmas where they only won like nine or ten games or something like that. Because you know they're just kind of bored and just running out the rest of the regular season. Like Chicago used to do the same thing, like 2014, 2015, 2016. Um, you know, Colorado did that last year. I, I remember you and I talking about Colorado last year because like their final 20, 25 games of the season, they didn't look very good. And then they went into the playoffs and just absolutely wrecked everybody. <laughs> so like um, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Tampa Bay not looking great over like their last, you know, six or eight games or whatever. I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah, I'm not either. They'll be ready for the Leafs. Will the Leafs be ready for Tampa? I don't know. Ryan O'Reilly, long-term IR, broke his finger. So we'll see. We have a six-game slate today. At least four of the games are absolutely wild. There's a, this is a great MME slate. If you are a 20-to-150 maxer, for a one-lineup guy like myself, it's going to be pretty difficult to get down to one lineup. But that's why we have these shows. We'll help you through it. And uh, we'll see what we can do. But before we get into it, make sure to hit that like button on your way in. Also, subscribe. It helps keep up with all of our shows. Also, hit that notification button to get alerts when our show is live. We also have a platform of your choice. So if you are driving home from work and can't catch the show live, hello. Um, yeah, we're here. Also, uh, shout out to Prize Picks. Our sponsor of our show will have an offer for you a little bit to get into this late, shall we? Yeah, we shall. Edmonton Oilers with a 3.8 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.2 total. Stu Skinner, Craig Anderson probable. Evander Kane skated this morning, but he is not going to be back in tonight. Looks like the top line is going to be uh, Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, and Ryan McLeod. Not that it matters because, you know, Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman will play with everybody. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins will Probably play with everybody as well. On the flip side, Matias Samuelson is out tonight. Uh, That hurt them on the blue line. Tyson Yost also out tonight with a nagging injury, but Jordan Greenway makes his way into the lineup in his spot. Wouldn't be shocked to see them be the shutdown line at least a little bit here tonight. doesn't matter because McDavid plays like 25 minutes. Um, Top line of Skinner. Quinn and Thompson still <sighs> looking at ownership here. We got some chalk McDavid here tonight. It is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? He has over 120 points on the season. We're barely into March. This is a very good matchup. 
Uh, both these teams are very good offensively, a bit suspect defensively. I don't want to say like I'm going to outright fade McDavid, but when McDavid is coming in at 30% and the flip side, Tage Thompson's coming in at 7% against this Oilers team. Granted, they've been a bit better with Matias Ekholm defensively, but like I, I think saving the 1500 and saving a quarter of the ownership going to Tage Thompson, like this is a seven over under. I, it's going to be a high scoring game. So I, I think maybe I'll take the ownership here. Yeah, I, I, there is. I mean, there is a lot to like on both sides. Don't get me wrong. And and the point you made about lines is something that we bring up every time Edmonton's been on his plate, basically for like two months now. And the lines do matter and they don't because when things are going well, they do try to at least keep pairs of players together. Um, now, those pairs have fluctuated through the season, but right now it's McDavid and Hyman and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. Um, those are the two pairs that they're kind of trying to build around. Uh, you know, you just have to look at the last game to see, um, you know, how much line combinations are worth. Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto started the game together. By the middle of the second period, they didn't play another shift together. Um, you know, uh, McDavid was moved on to a line with Dreisaitl or something like that. Like, that's what the team will do. Like, if Edmonton can get out to like a four nothing lead in this game or something like that, then yeah, maybe the line combinations stay pretty constant right through the game. If this game is close or Buffalo has a lead, they're going to go back to Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, X, whether it's Hyman or, or Nugent Hopkins or Yamamoto or whomever that they're going to do it. So, you know, it's, it's always that case of what do you play in Edmonton besides the power play guys? I mean, Yamamoto would, obviously makes sense. And the thing with Yamamoto is, yes, the line combinations haven't been consistent, but he is getting ice time, right? Uh, 23 minutes in the last game, 18 minutes in the game before that, uh, nearly 20 minutes four games ago, 18 minutes five games ago. Like, he's been getting a lot of ice time. It's just inconsistent line mates. You know, he'll be with McDavid, then Dreisaitl, then maybe take a spin on the third line, and then a couple McDavid shifts, and then, you know, bench one shift, and then that's just kind of the way it goes. So, you know, you can put Yamamoto there. I don't think you have to put Derek Ryan there. Derek Ryan looks like he's going to start with McDavid. I don't know how long he actually lasts there. Um, And McDavid and and Hyman are pretty good together. Basically, no matter who's there beside them. Um, they're up over 200 minutes without Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins. So basically anybody but the other two power play guys. Three and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 2.6 against, which is, you know, the expected goals against are right about league average. Like, that's not bad. Um, and like you said, Matias Ekholm is, go- is going to help defensively. And I think that's, it's not just adding Matias Ekholm, but it's taking away Tyson Berry too, right? Like Tyson Berry... I don't want to slag the guy. He's a good offensive defenseman. And there is a reason why he was a staple of the top power play unit, not a staple, but was often there over the last couple of years. It's because he is a good offensive player. He's just not a good defensive defenseman. Ekholm is. And that's a pretty big change to make. And it's not just adding Ekholm's defensive prowess. It's taking away Barry's lack of defensive prowess. Right. So, the Edmonton team had been pretty good defensively anyways. Like I know sometimes it can seem they struggle, but I wonder how much is just those games happen to be started by Jack Campbell. You know what I mean? Like That's a good point. Yeah. um, Awful. Right. Like their expected goals against over the last 41 games, half the season is third in the league behind only Carolina and Calgary. Uh, Actual goals against per 60 minutes of five on five, 
um, at about two and a half for 60 minutes, which is about league average. And I think if you take the Campbell games out, it'd be a lot better than that. So I don't think this is necessarily a bad defensive team. The problem is Edmonton takes a lot of penalties. Um, they're at, I think it's three and a half times shorthanded per game. It's like the fifth or sixth most in the NHL. Penalty kills fine, but certainly not great. Um, you know, I think Buffalo can take advantage of that. So while I don't think it's a great matchup at five on five, I think it's a pretty good matchup for the Buffalo power play. And you get um, Thompson and Skinner on that top line on the top power play. You know, so that's, I think that's the reason why I would play them is because it's a pretty good special teams matchup for the Sabres. So I don't mind using the top line. You get two out of the three guys on the power play. You can put Quinn in with them because he's cheap enough where a couple of, of, you know, even assists in like, four shots or something like that, or, or, you know, it just happens to score a goal and adds another shot or something and he smashes value. So it doesn't really need a ton. Um, so I don't mind just leaving Quinn there. If you want to turn it into a better power play stack and add Olofsson or add cousins, no problems with that, but I think it's a pretty good special team matchup for Buffalo. So I think that's why I would play them um, on the Edmonton side. It's also a good special teams matchup for them. The Buffalo penalty kill is pretty bad and has been pretty bad basically all season long. And no, they don't take a lot of penalties, but Edmonton tends to draw a lot of power plays. They only need three, maybe four power plays to get at least one goal on the board, if not two here tonight. So yes, those top guys, we'll just say it again, the top PP guys uh, from Edmonton. But I do think there are, you know, you can add in a Yamamoto or something like that if you want to save some money rather than play a super expensive Hyman or a super expensive uh, dry sidle or something like that. I think that's something you definitely can do. Um, you know, throw Bouchard on the blue line as well for power play exposure. It is the power play guys I like here specifically. Um, what I'll mention is that Cousins, Hinnestroza, and Middlestat, like Cousins and Hinnestroza have pretty bad defensive numbers together this season. Um, I think that could make it a pretty good five-on-five -five matchup for Edmonton as well. So there is a ton of ownership on the Edmonton side. I really don't mind the ownership because it's only six games. And I think there are enough ways you can play different combinations to get unique, um, especially when you look with cheap lines elsewhere in the slate. So I do think I prefer the Edmonton side here, but I agree with you that both, you know, top lines, both top power play units are very much in play here. And if you want to save the ownership and go to Buffalo, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for doing that. Yeah. And Edmonton power play can destroy anybody. I, I bet, um, Drysaddle under under one and a half points on Friday against Winnipeg with Hellebuck in net. Excellent penalty kill. Hellebuck's one of the best goalies in the world. It took years off my life. I lost a bet in the third period. To, like Betting Edmonton un unders is probably the main reason why I have these bags under my eyes. Like They can just destroy everybody. So like, like ownership doesn't really matter if you want to play Edmonton. There's ways to get different. There's ways to fill out your lineup. We'll talk about blue liners, obviously, but another another good thing about Barry leaving, it, it's let Evan Bouchard take over the top power play. So there's that. I mean, you can you can just – I don't know if you can fit it. I mean, you can try with the lineup builder in a little bit to fit full Edmonton power play. We'll have to see, you know, what you can fit in there with them. But, you know, if you, if you don't mind that ownership – like the best plays, the highest ownership plays are generally really good plays anyway. And this is a very good spot. So like to get different, I guess you could full power play. Let me see. I'm putting them on my screen. It's not up on the screen. Yeah, you, you can, you, you can do it, 
But if you go full power play one and then stay lock at 6,900 on DraftKings, you're left basically uh, min price for your other three roster slots. Yeah, 20, so. you, can, you can go up to 2,600 for each of the three remaining roster slots. You can do it. It's pretty tight. Yeah. So I don't, I, think, I'll be, I don't think I'll be betting the dry saddle unders tonight. Um, but yeah. Uh, we can move on. We'll, we'll we'll try a lineup a little bit later. We have the San Jose Sharks with a two point six total heading oh, into. I'm sorry, Be, I, I, just before we get to the next game, I just one thing I do want to mention is Jordan Greenway jumping in the lineup for Buffalo. Right, um, yeah, he's going to be joining. Yeah, he's going to be joining Gergensen's and Oposo. But you know, we talked about this on the show before. Buffalo has Gergensen's and Oposo lined up as quote unquote their fourth line but they don't play fourth line minutes, right? Um, that's something that we do have to keep in mind. They haven't been getting a lot of ice time lately, but like, I think Oposo's still been around 14 minutes of late. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see Greenway, Oposo and, and Gergensen's used in a shutdown role um, here tonight. We don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it could free up uh, Thompson against the depth. I guess like we won't know until the game happens, but it's just something that I thought it would be worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's probably more likely to happen when Yost is fully healthy. You get Yost, Greenway, and one of those guys. That's going to be a pretty good shutdown line going forward. San Jose Sharks with a 2.6 total heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 3.5 total. James Reimer and big save Dave. Dave Redditch is confirmed. Looks like Pierre-Luc Dubois is back. So Jets going with Nino Niederreiter, Mark Scheifele with Kyle Connor, and then Nikolai Ehlers with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler. Uh, I would imagine uh, Pierre Lac Dubois will slide in onto the top power play for either Niederreiter or Wheeler. It's Wheeler. Wheeler's off the top power play. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Ehlers still not on the top power play. Uh, that still sucks. But I think Niederreiter is a pretty is a better addition on that top power play than Wheeler. Um, Sharks. Going with Kator Barabanov and Andre Johnson, Andreas Janssen, Tomas Hurdle, Fabian Zetterlund, William Eklund. Now, if Hellebuck was confirmed here, I would have almost no interest in the Sharks here. But Hurdle, Eklund, two men on the power play, pretty cheap here. They're going to give William Eklund a shot to prove his worth. He's a prospect. I think there's stuff to like on both sides here. Yeah, there is. Um... And one thing we should mention is Winnipeg has been on a little bit of a defensive slide of late. Um, like I was looking at uh, the stats earlier today. Over their last 20 games, they're in the bottom 10 of the league by expected goals against. Um, at 5-on-5, five five, like right down there with teams like Florida and St. Louis. It's been pretty brutal stretch. And as you mentioned, Riddick is starting. That does make a little bit of a difference. Um, there is a lot of ownership on Winnipeg expected here tonight. Not an unreasonable amount, but I'll bring up uh, top stacks tool real quick. Um, top on line is going to be some combination of Edmonton. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. And then there's going to be a lot of ownership on Chicago because of how cheap um, their top line is. And then Winnipeg's top line coming in next for ownership at 17% on DraftKings. So there's going to be a lot of ownership here, especially where they're not that expensive. Like that top line is perfectly correlated uh, for Winnipeg and under 18K. So, like, you can fit them with, like, a Buffalo one or something like that. 
Um, so it makes them pretty versatile in that sense. So I, I get why there's a lot of ownership because you can fit them in with a lot of different things. Like you, I think you can even fit them in with like a, a McDavid Hyman Yamamoto stack or something like that. So I, I suspect there's going to like, we have 17% Winnipeg one. I, it wouldn't shock me if that's, you know, between 20 and 25%, honestly, because I do think it's the, arguably the most versatile line on the slate because it is perfectly correlated at not a super expensive price. So I think you're going to see a lot of people use them either as a primary stack and use expensive defensemen or as a secondary stack to a primary stack like Dallas or Buffalo or or Edmonton or something like that. So um, I don't mind playing them because uh, for a few reasons, one, you mentioned Nita Ryder. I think one thing we should mention is that his playmaking numbers have kind of fallen off over the last couple of years. Though you do wonder if it's just not how the coaches wanted to use him and where he's played as opposed to, you know, a decline in skills because he's still driving play very, very well. So he should be able to drive the play with the top line. Like obviously we don't have a sample with Nita Ryder there. He's only played a handful of games with the jets and he's been moved around the lineup, but um you know, the top line for Winnipeg's about three goals uh, per 60 minutes of five on five with Shifley and Connor without Blake Wheeler there, like anybody but Blake Wheeler. And <laughs> sorry. And that's with shooting about league to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's with shooting about league average. Like if they can juice it up to like nine and a half, ten percent shooting is it would be a great offensive line. So um, I do think Winnipeg's perfectly fine to use even if they come in between fifteen and twenty percent owned. Um, I just suspect it may come in a little bit higher than that, especially in some single entries or, or contests like that. So just be aware of that. I don't know if I have a ton of interest in the second line. Um, even with Pierre-Luc Dubois back, um, there is, you know, a lot of, not a lot of reasonable ownership on that line, two to 3%. They're about the same price as the top line, but you only get one guy on the top power play unit. Um, I don't think it's a terrible special teams matchup. The San Jose penalty kill has generally been pretty good this year. It hasn't been super elite lately as it had been maybe, you know, up until the all-star break or something like that, uh, but still pretty good. And they don't take a lot of penalties. So, you know, where they're the same price, I don't have a problem going in like a Dubois, Ehlers, Wheeler combination. The problem is, you know, Ehlers might only play 13 minutes, right? Blake Wheeler doesn't shoot a ton. Um, I think they're fine to play, but I would honestly rather just go to the top line and just choke the ownership and then try to get unique elsewhere. I, I think that's just the way to go. Ehlers, you know, the coach was talking and he was talking that he's still kind of recovering from his injury. Like he's not feeling quite the same. If you look at his defense, defensive metrics, they're horrific this year. Like, I don't mean like below average or something. I mean, amongst the worst in the league for any forward. Um, yeah, I think the injury might, might be playing into that. So Winnipeg won uh, or else just a pass. The question is what to do with San Jose because Couture Barabanov, even as the team's been shedding their players over the last month in trades, Couture Barabanov in their last hundred minutes together, 3.8 expected goals for 3.9 actual goals for still generating and shooting a lot. Um, the problem is, is they're, they got Andreas Janssen there, and I'm not sure Janssen's going to stick there. What I will say about Janssen is, like, he generally wasn't a bad player. I don't know what happened in New Jersey, 
but he had decent offensive playmaking metrics and shooting metrics and play driving metrics earlier in his career. And then it all fell apart these last couple seasons. I don't know. Maybe there's some injury that's been lingering. Um, maybe there's something else going on off ice that we don't know about, but this was a good offensive player for a few years, if in a lesser role. And I'm wondering if, you know, he can kind of re- reclaim that on a line that's been playing very well offensively. So with Winnipeg's problems defending for like the last six weeks, basically no Connor Hellebuck in net. Um, and that San Jose, um, you know, Couture bear banoff line only coming in at two to 3%. I think Couture bear banoff Janssen makes a really nice filler here tonight. Um, if you want to go to hurdle Eklund and Zetterlin, I have no problem with that. Eklund played a lot last game. I think he was at like 19 minutes or something like that. He's a top prospect for a reason. Um, I don't mind playing them, but I think just kind of the known, somewhat known quantity of, of Couture and Barabanov and hopeful rebound from Janssen makes that line, I think, my target here from the San Jose side and one of the filler stacks I don't mind playing here tonight. I'm wondering if it was like a like a, he was in the limp dog house like could have been uh, yeah, I, I had no, no idea what was going on. Freeze. no no um i have no idea what, what was going on with Johnson, but he did have some good good numbers off good offensive numbers earlier in his career hopefully he can regain that yeah i mean he's certainly going to get a shot here down the stretch with the sharks so might as well give him a look as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. You can get one free month of Stochastic Platinum, which is $120 value, gets you access to everything we have on the site and up to an up to $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit. It's a prop-based um, contest. It's basically like placing parlays. If you're not in a legal state for gambling, like Florida, Texas, California – Prize picks is what you need to be on. Or looking at today's board, there's a couple that I actually like here. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Connor over one point makes some sense in this matchup, and also Andre Kuzmenko. The game we'll get to later over half a point. I like that over as well. So a couple overs. Make sure if you're interested, click the link in the description below. You'll get your one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and your deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit. So tail those picks. I'm not sure if Jake has some stuff up. I did not see his Twitter, but check it out. Sometimes he does. And let's move on. And I'll also mention, don't forget, with Stochastic uh, Plus, you get that NHL player prop tool. And this helps a lot with prize picks or just prop betting, um, shots and goal props. Um, you have your the projections that we have, the expected win percentage, the odds and the line that we're using. Obviously, they can change, and that's what Odd Shopper is for, to find the best line. But it's really a helpful little tool. Um, Rasmus Dahlin under uh, two and a half shots, 63% win percentage. So don't mind that over on prize picks tonight as well. Yeah, I always, for some reason, I know that tool is coming, and then I just, you know, skip over it. But, you know, here we go. Let's move on to the next one, the Calgary Flames, with a 2.8 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.1 total. Jacob Markstrom, Jake Ottinger confirmed. Max Domi sliding onto the line with Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan. 
The Flames traded for Nick Ritchie, and he's in their top six. Dylan Dubé moves down to the fourth line. Top line is now Tyler Toffoli with Elias Lindholm and Jacob Peltier. The second line is Kadri Huberdeau and Nick Ritchie. Third line of back on Coleman Mangiapane remains the same now. That is important specifically for how Dallas matches. If Dallas won is going to go out against Huberto, Kadri, Nick Ritchie with Jacob Marksham in that, I have a lot of interest in that line at 3%, despite them being, you know, a bit not great recently. 3% for that line against a supposed good team in Calgary, but like that line, Kadri, Huberto, Nick Ritchie, I can't imagine is going to be good defensively. Jacob Markstrom's had an awful season. So if that is the case, I have some interest in the Sharks top line or the Sharks, the Stars top line. Other than that, like this is a pretty tough matchup for the Flames. Like maybe I go back to the Manjipani Coleman back online, but I think, you know, as long as Dallas one has the matchup here, I think they're my favorite line in this game. Yeah, I was looking at um, the matchups in the last game that they played because Calgary was in Dallas back in January, and they used um, the sit or not the Sigit line, pardon me, but the Hints line um, and the Johnston Ben line against the opposing top six. So they used Ben and Johnston and uh, against line two, and then Hints uh, against line one, but. Uh, more recently, they had been using Ben Johnston and Dodonov um, as the shutdown line. So I suspect that they're going to go out against Lindholm, Toffoli, and Peltier. Um, that would leave Dallas 1 going out against the Kadri, uh, Huberto, uh, Nick Ritchie line, I assume. And that is a matchup that is going to greatly favor <laughs> the Dallas top line. Um what I looked at was the Calgary second line was Milan Lucic. Cause remember when Lucic played with Kadri and Huberto for like a month, I don't see um, Richie and Lucic as that dissimilar of players in their impact on the line. Now they're not the same guy. Like I think Nick Richie's a better scorer uh, for better or for worse. Um, but I think they could have somewhat the same impact. Um, they weren't that great uh, when Lucic was there. 2.7 expected goals for, 2.6 expected goals against. Like, Richie is a shooter slash four checker. So, Blake basically Milan Lucic, but shoots a little bit more. So, I don't think that line is going to be very good at driving the play. And the Dallas top line has really been driving the play considerably well uh, since the All-Star break. Um, 3.4 expected goals for. Um, 2.2 against in the 125 minutes since the All-Star break. They've been doing... Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it. Which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, very, very well, um, especially on the defensive side. That's over an ex- 60% expected goal share. So they've been dominant. So I agree with you. I think Dallas, especially with the uh, Calgary goaltending, the the way that they've been playing, like it, it, things haven't really gotten better for the Flames um, in that regard. Um, so uh, there's not really a huge concern here for me. I know, I don't think the Flames have given up more than four goals in their last five or six games, but they're not really scoring a ton either. Anyways, the Dallas top line, uh, one of the better leverage spots on the night. I'll bring up the top stacks tool again real quick. Uh, Edmonton top line. Um, Ottawa will get to next and then Dallas uh, for leverage. So pretty good leverage. I do think they come in a little bit higher than 3%. I wouldn't imagine I would, it's not going to be double digits though. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I do like Dallas one here. I think the other interesting line for me in this game is that Backlund Coleman Manjapani line, right? Because it's kind of the same thing as with Buffalo. I know people kind of get caught up with how players are ordered on Twitter or on lineup sites. But if you look at Calgary's last five games, Backland is first in ice time and Mangiapane is second in ice time and Coleman is sixth in ice time amongst their forwards. So it is a, it is their second. It might be their top line by ice time. No worse than their second line. And they've been just dominant um, basically all season long. Their last 115 minutes going to the All-Star break, 4.8 expected goals for 1.8 against. They're going up against that Sagan line, uh, Sagan and Marchment. I don't think it's a matchup that necessarily favors Dallas. That Calgary line's not coming in with much ownership, about between 1% and 2%. I think along with that San Jose Couture line, they're one of my favorite fillers on the slate here tonight. I can I get that it's tough to go to a line that's not really featured on the power play. Um, but Dallas has a really good penalty kill anyways, and they don't give up a ton of power play opportunities. So I think focusing on the five matchup is, is the way to go here. I don't mind. I don't mind that back one line as a filler here tonight at all. Yeah. And the stars added Max Domi to that line who is all offense, no defense. So that only enhances the off the matchup for that Calgary line. So I do agree. I do like that line at 1%. Let's move on to the next one. Ottawa Senators, 3.8 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.6 total. Cam Talbot probable. Alex Stalock confirmed. If you live on Narrative Street, Alex DeBrincat back in Chicago for the first time. First time, right? Yeah. Yeah, first time since getting traded on the top power play, on the second line. Like I, I like both of the top six lines here for Ottawa. I think Either is fine. The top line coming in with a little bit less ownership just because Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzel are way more expensive than Drake Batherson and, and Debrinkat. So from an ownership standpoint, I think that top line makes a little bit more sense. Claude Giroux has been rolling as well, so it's a very good five-on-five matchup for that top line. I prefer the top line. You want to go to Debrinkat for Narrative Street or just because it's a very good line, I think that's fine as well. On the Blackhawks side, I, I, I'm not sure this ownership is correct. 
Like, there's no way that this ownership is correct. It's going to not be that high. But, like, if the, if it's remotely close, I have no interest in the Blackhawks. Uh, yeah. Um, interesting ownership on Chicago. There is a lot here. Um, the reason for that is they're $10,000 on both lines. I'm sorry, 10100 for the top line. <laughs> 10000 even for the second line. I think there could be a lot of ownership because, you know, Ottawa is not a great defensive team. And th- they are cheap enough where you can do like a McDavid dry side. I think you can do McDavid dry side or Hyman and stick in one of those Chicago lines yeah, and, true. you know, put in Mrazic as your goalie. And I think at that point, um, you know, you still only have like 28 or 2,900 left for defensemen, but you can do it. So I think you're, you're going to see a fair bit of, Edmonton power play slash Chicago one or Edmonton power play slash Chicago two or Edmonton power play slash Chicago power play. I think those are going to be fairly popular combinations here tonight, uh, especially with the way that Ottawa is playing so undisciplined lately. Um, they're at 3.7 times shorthanded per game um, on the season. Uh, second most in the league behind the Arizona Coyotes. If you look at just like the last six weeks, basically, um, Ottawa leads the league in time shorthanded per game by nearly a minute. Um, now, part of that is because they haven't been giving up a ton of goals. Um, so, you know, the longer the power play goes on without a goal being scored, the more time is added. But um, I don't think you're going to, you know, necessarily rely on 900 goaltending on your penalty kill from Ottawa for the rest of the season. And um, taking the penalties the way that they have, it does bring guys like Taylor Radish or Philip Kurashev. It brings those power play guys into focus. It's just how good is that Chicago power play going to be without Kane, without Domi? Like, those are the two best playmakers that Chicago had. And I think Domi was leading them in goal scoring as well. So I'm not sure how much they're actually going to be able to generate uh, against Ottawa's penalty kill, but they should get lots of opportunities to do so. So I get the ownership in a sense, but I have no real interest in playing a Chicago stack. Um, like I said, if you want a one-off, a radish, one-off Athens CU, something like that, I think it's perfectly fine. I just, I, I can't get on board full stacking. I, I think it's, it is about the Ottawa side here. And, you know, you're kind of seeing that, that 3.8 implied total on the road. Now, one thing we did mention in our discord was did Chicago get better defensively when they traded Jack Johnson? Um, I think it's not an unreasonable question to ask. Uh, if you look at uh, the penalty killing, um, him and Connor Murphy were really, really struggling on the penalty kill together this season. Um, and I think that just made Chicago's penalty kill struggle as a whole. And I'm wondering if Jack Johnson just being traded back to Colorado just doesn't improve their uh, penalty kill organically. Um you know, Connor Murphy does have better uh, goals against numbers away from Johnson than with him, so it makes kind of kind of makes sense. But the Chicago penalty kill have been getting better anyway. Um, I was looking over their last twenty games; like they've been fine to good, which is surprising. But Ottawa's power play has been rolling. Stutzla has almost forty shots in his last ten games. Um, like he's not just a playmaker; he can do both. Um, you know, if you, I think if you want to leave off Giroux and add it to Brinkat, make it a full power play stack, I think that's just fine. I really do like Waltall Star break 3.8 expected goals for 
Um, only two against her 60 minutes at five on five. Like I said, Stotzel's been shooting a lot. Kachuk's been shooting a lot. Like you mentioned, Giroux's been on a tear, a tear recently. Um, you know, they added Jacob Chikrin, so now they get, uh, um, you know, a seasoned power play um, defenseman to use on the second power play unit for whenever they get some ice time alongside Jake Sanderson. So I, I don't mind going to Ottawa too here. I'm not worried about any sort of matchup concern. I think I would just probably – um, go with the line that's playing better at the moment, and that's the Ottawa top line. So I really do like Stutzla, Giroux, and Kachuk here tonight. Um, I just wonder if they don't come in with a little bit more ownership than we're showing. Um, can't imagine that line's going to be single digits on a six-game slate against the Blackhawks. Yeah, I don't think so either. Tim, Tim Stutzla's season, he's in, like, rarefied air for how good his season's been at his age. Like, if you redraft that draft, which is silly to even talk about, but he he would go number one. Yeah. To the Rangers. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, don't want to talk about the Rangers today. <sighs> that just made me sad. Anyway, um, we can get you a bet MGM first bet insurance up to $1,000 in one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum for free. Now, if you're in a state that, you know, pri- like if you're not doing prize picks and you want a sports book, you know, the, the states kind of overlap, don't really overlap here. So if you're in one of those states that prize picks is the only thing, chances are the other states will have a sports book and bet MGM. You can get, you know, your f- first bet insurance up to a thousand one free month stochastic plus platinum for free. Stochastic plus platinum, as I mentioned in the first read, $120 value. Get you every tool on our site for every sport. And uh, all you got to do is deposit at least $10. You can do it up to 1000 depending on your risk tolerance for a free bet. You place a bet on whatever you want. Uh, when that bet settles, MGM will shoot you an email with how to get your free subscription to, uh, to Stochastic. You don't even need to win the bet. Um, so, yeah. You get that, you get the Stochastic Plus Platinum. It's a no-brainer. Click the link in the description below or use the promo code PLATINUMSUB when you are signing up. And remember, the legal age for gambling in most states is 21. And if you or someone else you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the final two games of the night here. Washington Capitals with a... Three total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 3.5 total. Darcy Kemper probable. Phoenix Copley is confirmed. Interestingly enough, not too much ownership on either side here. I don't have too much interest in the Caps here tonight. Now, low-owned one-off Ovechkin will be very contrarian on this slate because you have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, you have Tage Thompson, you have Jason Robertson, you have Kyle Connor, the list goes on and on and on. Los Angeles goaltending is kind of pedestrian. And the Kings penalty kill, while not awful, it's not elite. So I think, you know, one off Ovechkin is an interesting play on the slate with his ownership. But for me, I'm more on the Kings side here. I, 
you know, the Fiala Dino Arvidsson line coming in around double digits is fine. I think, you know, that line is fine. Um, but Kopitar Kempe Byfield coming in half the ownership here. Get two guys on the top power play. I don't know. I, I kind of dig that Kopitar Kempe Byfield line. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you dig them because I do like that line as well. Um, I talked about them on Twitter a little bit last week. And one thing um, about Byfield being on that top line is I think I think Byfield now is playing the role that Anze Kopitar played on that line like five years ago, which is kind of like the four checker. I don't want to say facilitator, but kind of. Um, like there's, if you watch, I only, I watched the Kings game against Montreal last week and I've, I've only seen a couple Kings games with Byfield on the top line, but, um, you know, the games that I watched and the clips that I've seen, he, he looks like one of the best four checkers in the NHL period. Like not just He's on this team, he, he, like He's huge. there are a number of clips where a team's on like a three on two or a four on three or something like that. And then you just see Byfield come streaking uh, from, you know, from the offensive zone and he catches up with the plate to, to even it out at a three on three or something like that. Like he is doing tremendous work, both in the defensive zone, digging pucks out and in the offensive zone, retrieving pucks. So I think he's kind of playing that facilitator role. And I think that's why you're seeing pretty good offensive numbers from the top line. And I don't mean just the scoring because obviously, you know, Kempe had a stretch where he had 10 goals in 10 games or something like that. Like Kopitar has been scoring a pile lately. He had that, what was it? The four goal game um, in Winnipeg, or is it just a hat trick? Anyways. um, Yeah. They've been scoring a lot and they've been generating a lot as well. Um, Since, February 1st, 3.1 expected goals for per 60 minutes. That's pretty high for a uh, Kopitar line in the year 2023. Um, you know, maybe six or seven years ago would have been a different story, but they've been generating a lot. They've been controlling the play. Kopitar's, or not Kopitar, Kempe has 35 shots in his last 10 games, three and a half shots per game. Like he's really been firing the puck. The problem is, is Byfield as that facilitator, he's not getting involved in a lot of the play, right? It's kind of like he, you know, chips the puck to an open spot to get it to Kopitar and Kempe, and then those two go to work offensively, right? Um, And that's why you're seeing, you know, Byfield, I think he only has 12 shots in his last 10 games, despite playing, you know, around 14 minutes or something like that, 13, 14 minutes. He's not really shooting much. Like he has assists in three straight games because of all the four checking he does. But, you know, if if he goes out and gets six and a half DK points. It's really not, I mean, it's fine for 3,100, but it's not great. So I do like the Kings top line. Um, The problem is this is they have been, is they have been using um, that Fiala line. And I don't want to say it's a problem for the Kobotar line. It'll help the Kobotar line. The problem for the Fiala line is this, is that with the way that Byfield has really helped the Kings top line, they have, switched things around and gone back to using Kopitar in a shutdown role. And tonight that means going out against the Washington top line, um, Ovechkin, Wilson, and Kuznetsov. Now there isn't a huge sample there. Obviously um, Wilson hasn't played a lot uh, for Washington this year because of his knee and knee injury. And when he did come back, he was playing on the second and third lines. Um, But Wilson and Ovechkin are up to about 60 minutes together this season. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Four point eight expected goals against per sixty minutes. Five actual goals against per sixty minutes. Seventy-one shot attempts against per sixty minutes. Those are horrific defensive numbers. Small sample. Only been a few games. Don't know what's going to happen. But don't forget, Washington has um, quite a few injuries on the blue line, like injuries and defensemen traded, right? Um, John Carlson still injured. Dmitry Orlov traded. Um, who who else was it? Nick Jensen is injured. Um, they traded Eric Gustafson. Like five of the six defensemen that would probably be in the starting lineup if everybody was healthy and still on the roster are out. So you know what Sandine does? Take penalties. Yeah, about that. So now, you know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk's playing, probably going to play like 25 minutes. Like, you know, Matt Irwin's probably going to play like 19, 20 minutes or something like that. Like, this is a pretty banged up Washington blue line. Um, So I think I would go, and I think Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield are in the better five-on-five matchup going out against Kuznetsov, Wilson, and Ovechkin. So that's the line I would go to as well. Um you know, if you want to full stack them, go right ahead. If you want to leave Byfield off and add in a Fiala or something like that for a power play stack, I think you can do that. Um, but the Washington penalty kill has generally been very good this year, and they don't take a lot of penalties. So I think this might be a case where I leave Byfield and not turn into a power play stack, but it's fine to do. Like, I wouldn't say no to anything like that. So Kings 1 over Kings 2 for me, but I think both lines are definitely in play here. On the Washington side, um, Strom, Oshie, and Milano, they're getting up to a workable sample now, 65 minutes together, 2.7 expected goals for 4.7 actual goals. Obviously they've been running hot percentage wise shooting over 16%. Um, but you know, this is, it, it looks like a talented line. Um, Oshie, I think has started to, you know, kind of turn his play around after, you know, pretty brutal stretch from after he returned from injury. So I, kind of don't mind that line. Like they're not coming in with a ton of ownership either. Um, you know, if you want to just two men like Milano and Strom or something like that, um, I think that's perfectly fine. I, I just, there's really not a lot. Oh, sorry. Craig Smith is on that line. I don't know why I said Oshi. Um, there is some decent Washington depth players here. I, and there's not much ownership and, you know, the Kings goaltending is what the Kings goaltending has basically been all season, which is very shaky, even Phoenix Copley of late. So I don't mind like a strong Milano two-man, super cheap two-man, or, you know, if you want to do like a Backstrom Oshi two-man or something like that, I think those are perfectly fine. I honestly think I would I'd go with your play and just one off Alex Ovechkin, but I do think there are nice two-mans in the Washington depth here that you can use with your expensive stacks elsewhere. All that being said, I agree i think the kopitar line is my favorite line in this game yeah i mean even even take out this year's numbers with ovechkin kuznetsov wilson like historically they've never been good defensively so yeah i i do really like that kopitar line let's get to the last um, game of the night no real quick I, i'm just adding them to the lineup builder because i had been building a lineup this is the lineup builder uh, that we have here um, we have DraftKings pulled up you can see 
um, the stock projection for each line, the player projection, what their ownership is going to be both on DraftKings and FanDuel. I put in Buffalo one with uh, Jack Quinn, put in Los Angeles one. Um, I don't know where, where, what we're going to do with goalies and defensemen just yet. We're going to talk about those at the end of the game, but it seems like, you know, even if I put in, um, you know, Jake Ottinger right now, I can probably still fit a fairly expensive defenseman. So um, yeah. it does, you know, does leave some pretty good flexibility with guys like Jack Quinn and Quentin Byfield on top lines here tonight. Yeah. And Vancouver just confirmed a min-price goalie on DraftKings. Oh, did they? Did they did. Uh, Nashville Predators with a three total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a three total. UC Saros probable. Min-price, Arturs Silovs confirmed for the Canucks. Our boy, yeah, actually kind of was our boy for a little bit there. John Leonard, formerly of the Sharks on the top line with the Predators. Uh, with Cody Glass and Matthew Shane. Um, I don't know. That line's getting double-digit ownership for some reason. I, I mean, it is the Canucks, so who knows? I mean, I, my interest here is on the Canucks side, specifically the Patterson kuzmenko bavillier line. Uh, they're coming in double digits, but I think it's fine. Um, the very good power play matchup. Nashville's penalty kill gives up a ton of shots against. Uh, Saros just has, you know, it's just, it's always a question of how much can Saros save them. Uh, that line has been very good. That's where I want to go. Like JT Miller, Besser getting more ownership than Pedersen Kuzmanko here. It's a price thing. Um, but you know, I much prefer that fully correlated line Nashville. I guess you got to consider it. I mean, uh, Vancouver is just an abomination defensively. So (laughs) I don't know if you have to full stack, but I think you can pull some, you know, pieces like Luke Evangelista is on the top power play unit at 2,600. I think he's going to be very, very popular with Edmonton stacks and stuff like that. But I don't think I'd full stack anything. Maybe I'll take a piece or two. Yeah. And I was looking at the way that um, Vancouver matched up over the weekend against Toronto and they used JT Miller and Brock Besser in a shutdown role against the Matthews line. <laughs> I mean, who's the coach? Come on. He's not very good. Um, so tonight, that, I mean, I assume it's going to be JT Miller and Brock Besser again going out against that Glass-Duchesne um, line, Glass-Duchesne-John Leonard. Um, you know, Glass and Duchesne have pretty bad numbers this year um, without Philip Forsberg. I, that's the difference that's made it, he's made on the top line. Um, without Philip Forsberg, 1.9 expected goals for 3.9. Six expected goals against um, at five on five. What's helping that line is that they have an eleven forty seven PDO, which that's for people that <laughs> like <laughs> that's a PDO of eleven over eleven forty, and like basically anything for a line over like ten thirty. And I'm like, I think they're starting to run a bit hot now. You know, skilled lines will naturally you know, have better shooting percentages um, and can drive up the PDO a little bit. 1147 is one of those, like, this is going to crash hard soon. And that's the matchup going into Nashville one. So it's one of those things. It's like the stoppable force meets the movable object. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm not worried about the defense from, from Miller and Besser. Like um, I was looking just uh, Phil D Giuseppe and JT Miller together. Um, 47% of the shot attempt share when they're on the ice, 62 shot attempts against for 60 minutes. Like 
they're not good defensively. It's not going to be a problem, a big problem for that Nashville line. Um, it's just the ownership, right? Um, they're coming in, what, triple uh, their top two stack probability. That's base. That's basically the only reason that I wouldn't want to play a lot of Nashville here is like they're, you know, they're kind of like that Chicago chalk. Whereas you look over on Washington and, you know, it's a lot of like low percentage lines, um, you know, one, two, three percent. Um, same thing with San Jose, like one, two, three percent. Um, I think I would rather go to those teams for my cheap guys um, than Nashville here tonight. But with the ice time they're going to get in top power play minutes, the Vancouver penalty kill, like people have been talking about how good the Vancouver penalty kill has been lately. And I went and looked at the actual numbers and it's the third most shots against per minute while they're on the PK. It's just, you know, their goalies have just been saving more shots. Like that's just what it is. It's not like the penalty kill itself is improved. It's the, you know, goaltenders have been better. Um, whether that continues, I guess we'll find out. Uh, so not super concerned about the Vancouver nat, uh, matchup for Nashville. It's just an ownership matter. And, you know, there's not a whole lot I'd rather play elsewhere. Like that train and Sis and Smith line. Um, <laughs> I don't think it would surprise anybody, but they're not th- that good. Um, with Cole Smith there, 38 shot attempts for 58 against. That's a 40% shot attempt share. Like, neither of these top Nashville lines are going to be very good. So I prefer the Vancouver line. Uh, top line easily here. Um, it's easily my favorite line in this game. Pedersen, Kuzmeko, Beauvillier. It sucks that Beauvillier got yeeted to the second power play unit, but, um, you know, say la vie. Um, that top line has been very good. Um, as a unit, 3.3 expected goals for 2.1 against per 60 minutes, 3.8 actual goals for, um, you know, Beauvillier still probably will play about 15 minutes, 15, 16 minutes. So, Perfectly fine to use. If you want to take Bo off and put Besser or Miller there for a power play stack, I think that's perfectly fine. But it is that Vancouver top line I like best in this game. Not particularly close and way like way more than the JT Miller-Besser line. And I probably just sealed my own fate by saying that. Oh, no. I, if you didn't say it, I was. So we sealed yeah. our own fate there. But I agree with you. That is my favorite line in this game. Coming up. After us, so rare NBA show at 3 p.m. with Greg and Neil. It's coming up at the top of the hour in six minutes. So if you're into that, if you're an NFT guy, so rare has some really cool stuff. So check out that show if you are interested. We have a couple minutes to talk some goalies, D-men, and hat trick picks. So who are you liking on the blue line? Um, it's an interesting slate for expensive defensemen because, like, I think. Roman Yossi will probably draw a fair bit of ownership in that Nashville matchup, which I think is makes sense, even though he's 9K. Like anybody not playing Edmonton is probably going to strongly be considering Roman Yossi in the lineup here tonight. So it'll be interesting to see where, where uh, ownership lands. So I, uh, yeah, I do like Yossi. The other two expensive defensemen I like here tonight are Shabbat and Josh Morrissey. I don't think any that's really a big surprise. But, you know, here's the thing is I think it's a stars or scrubs night for defensemen for me, like Darnell nurse. Yeah, he's fine. Like Quinn Hughes, he's fine because it's a good matchup against Nashville. Noah Hannafin. I think Noah Hannafin might be my favorite defenseman in that four to six K range, just because he's probably going to play like 22, 23 minutes. And he's in that low four K on DraftKings, which I think is pretty reasonable, even in a tough matchup. Um, so, like, maybe Hannafin, like, maybe Matias Ekholm, but there's not a lot in that mid-price range that I really, really like. Like, I don't like Anderson. I don't like 
you know, Haskinen's getting a little too expensive. Not, you know, Drew Doughty doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, as somebody in our chat mentioned, Sean Dursey, his ice time got nuked because of Vladislav Gafrikov being brought in. Um, that's the thing with Los Angeles is like Doughty's probably going to play like 26 minutes, Anderson like 22, 23, and then everybody else like 16 to 18. So there's just not a lot on that blue line. But there are a lot of cheap guys I like here tonight. Like with Matias Samuelson out, I do like Henry Yokoharyu. Uh, Kyle Burrows, if you need a $2,500 defenseman for Vancouver, he should probably play about 18 minutes here tonight. Our boy, Yanni Hockenpah, playing the second most minutes behind um, Miro Haskinen of late. He's under 3K on DraftKings as well. Um, you know, Matt Benning for San Jose. I, I can't remember um, exactly what happened uh, in that last game, but I seem to remember uh, our boss, Jake uh, Harry, mentioning Benning hit the block bonus in the first period. Uh, so yeah. I do like Benning. Caleb Jones as well from Chicago, running a second power play, you know, probably the number two or number three defenseman there now. And obviously Rasmus Sandin running the power play for Washington. So those are some of the cheap guys I like here tonight. Um, what about goalies? Because I had Demko near the top of my list. Are we playing Silovs here tonight? Me too. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe. Like Nashville's pretty bad, but the problem is Vancouver is really bad. So like Min Price, if he gets me seven to ten DK points, maybe. But like you're looking at these other options. Like, do you want to play Staylock at sixty nine hundred? Like, I don't know. Like, do you want to play like Jacob Markstrom at seventy five hundred? I don't mind Staylock at home at that price. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like the cheap options are an absolute circus because you have min price, right? Then you have you know Staylock at sixty nine hundred, Markstrom seventy five hundred, James Reimer, who I don't mind as well at seventy one hundred, or like Craig Anderson. So like, but if you're spending up, who are you spending up for? I mean, Saros, maybe 7,800. Phoenix I mean, Copley. Jake Ottinger was the one that came to mind for me. 7,900 yeah. I mean, at home. Calgary, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. They generate a lot of shot attempts, but not a lot of quality. And I, I don't mind Ottinger at 7,900, even though there is some pretty good cheap goalies here tonight at home, I think. Yeah, he's sticking out for sure. A couple of seconds left. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Um. That's a pretty good question. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, El Nino himself. I'm going to go with uh, Nino Niederreiter tonight um, here for my hat trick pick. And just real quick, uh, finished out the lineup here. I put Hockenpah and Jake Ottinger uh, in. So Hockenpah on the blue line, Ottinger and net. And I put Darnell Nurse because we had 5,600, even though I don't really like that mid-price range. So I put Nurse in as well. So that's the lineup. Buffalo won, Los Angeles won. Ottinger and Hockenpah, uh, DG stack, and then uh, Nurse one off. Um, little sample lineup here tonight using our lineup builder. Projects for uh, 91.5 points. Probably not a lot, but I don't mind that lineup, actually. Yeah. Uh, we got to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, good luck, everybody. My hat trick pick, Tage Thompson. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.